So, you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Just how big of a fan are you? Do you deserve a seat at the dog's table? Well, you're here, aren't you? The best fans, the most patient fans in the league. This is the dog's table. Touchdown, Shabba Hub! If you're obnoxious, opinionated, over the top, and you live for the Browns... 45-40! Run, William, run! 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to your new family. The Dogs Table, an official Dogs by Nature podcast on the SB Nation and Vox Media Podcast Network. Let's do this. Welcome to the Dogs Table. Now your hosts, Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo. Let's go! Let's go! What's up, everybody? This is the Dogs Table, and we are a Cleveland Browns roundtable discussion <clears throat> show, and uh, we are presented by Dogs by Nature. There it goes again. This happened the last time we were live. It's on a loop. It's on a loop. I got to remember. It's on a loop. Anyways, we are here to talk Cleveland Browns with you. This is Craig Fountain and Ryan Angelo uh, with the Dogs Table, and we are coming off an exciting win and headed into the unknown i guess right like an exciting unknown right yeah. ryan yeah i'd say so yeah victory tuesday baby it's nice you know uh i want to apologize to the listeners out there and to the viewers too because last week i was uh deathly deathly ill and that's uh part of the reason why we had to um cancel the episode so if you were missing us last week that is why and i apologize but i'm back i'm healthy we won let's go baby yeah we were you know you you messaged me you're like dude I'm sick. It's like, not happening. This is not happening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but it's okay. We had a special guest lined up for last week. And we rescheduled. And he's here this week. Yes. And we are now part of the SB Nation of Vox Media community, right? We are a Dogs by Nature podcast. And we have a Dogs by Nature writer in-house. And I'm excited to introduce to everybody Tom Moore. How you doing, Tom? Hey, guys. How's it going? We are doing great. Like Ryan said, it's a victory Tuesday. Tuesday. I know. Browns win. U.S. wins. Everything's coming up cool <laughs> right? for the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tom, you are a soccer fan, aren't you? Oh, Football. definitely. Yep. Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so exciting overtime win uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game was surprising in a couple of different ways. Number one, I'm I'm surprised. I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm surprised we pulled this one out. I did not think as I was watching it that that was going to happen. Um, the way it happens is, is insane. Like, this is one that's going to go down, for those that were watching, is something memorable. Especially that Njoku one-handed grab in the end zone. It's picture perfect. We don't know how much it will mean ultimately at this point but ryan if that saved our season and we somehow build off of that and we make a playoff push or even make the playoffs and 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 make a push beyond that that's going to be insane right oh yeah i mean that gives you goosebumps thinking about it i mean it was a 
it was an amazing catch. I mean, uh, Jacoby throws it high. You know, it's it's definitely thrown high because he's hoping that, you know, the only person who's going to go up and get it is David. And he does the unthinkable. He goes up for an iconic one-handed catch. I mean, the picture that was floating around on Twitter of the, the still motion of it was just, I mean, uh, fantastic. Uh, you just the, the catch was amazing. Hopefully it's the turning point, man. But if it is, that's, uh, he earned his money for sure. Now, the defense stepped up in this game. And we, <laughs> we're we not sure what we're going to see this second half of the season, right? Like the our defense struggled the first half, like really, really struggled. And, you know, it's kind of like last season, right? Like we didn't start off. I don't know that we started off this bad, but like we yeah. saw the defense progress towards the, yeah. towards the, towards the end of the season. And things are, things are looking a little bit better. Um, Tom, were you, were you surprised about this defense? I mean, look, are the leading rushers for Tampa Bay were Keyshawn Vaughn and Julio Jones, 15 yards apiece. Chris Godwin caught 12 of 13 targets for 110 yards and a touchdown. But after that, Mike Evans, two catches on nine targets, 31 yards. Julio Jones, three or four targets for 40 yards. They were just not that effective. Is this a defense that, that we can look forward to moving forward? Or are we just seeing one of the 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 better performances that we're going to see this year I, what do you think tom i think it's probably more of the latter you know at this point yeah you know, this defense is almost play to play you never know what's going to happen um you know you kind of talked about last year and there was you know there was some reasoning and some logic behind why they struggled early in the year because they had something like eight was it eight or nine new starter eight new starters last year so that took some time but this year there's really no excuse for the way they they've been playing um, but you know, they pulled it together. I had, I lost a lot of faith <laughs> during the game. I think like a lot of people did, you know, after the first quarter when, uh, Tampa had almost 60 rushing yards and they were, they, they came into the game only averaging 70 some rushing yards. It was like, Oh God, here we go again. It's gonna be one of those days, but you know, they kept, they kept Brady under control. He can't, um, you know, he didn't hit any, any big plays, you know, they held, they held it together. And that's um, we're probably going to get into it here a little bit when we start talking about the new quarterback coming in. But, you know, as much as criticism and probably deservedly so as the defense has had in my mind, you know, this year, there's a, so much pressure has been on them with the inability of this offense to stack touchdowns. You know, we saw that graphic pop up repeatedly on CBS about the last three games, how you know, they score on their first drive, then they're going 40, 45, 50 game minutes between touchdowns. And that's that's a big ask, especially for this defense to hold together long enough until the offense can finally get its footing. And that's not a knock on Jacoby. You know, I think he's been he's been more than anything anybody ever could have imagined this year. And so but I think we're going to see a big change coming forward. And thank God, Najoku. To, it finally at the last minute remembered he's supposed to be one of the game's elite tight ends. <laughs> the kind of catch that you rarely see. Um, although to his credit, people were bit. I'm sorry, I got to watch my language. You here. can say it. You people were bitching it. about that tight end screen. But if you go back, if Teller makes his block, Najoku walks into the end zone for a touchdown. So it was the right play. It was just bad execution. You know, yeah. off, it was just one of those things where. So, but uh, thankfully they came through in the end, and they you know they pulled out. Uh, 
probably one of the more improbable wins that they've had, you know, in a while. This this win was, in my mind, at least improbable. And it's something we've talked about ad nauseum on the show. And that is Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and the offense's inability to play from behind and pull out a win. Now, in this particular game, it was a single touchdown, a one possession game, a single touchdown. It was still a struggle, and it was not Jacoby Brissett's best game, but we did what we needed to do on offense to pull this one out. Now, that was not the I, – I, I don't know how else you throw that pass. You know, he wasn't going to hit him in between the numbers and, and make that work, right? No. <clears throat> but that reception was improbable, right? Like, Jacoby Brissett put it where it needed to go, it was just improbable yep. that he was going to bring that down. And that will, you know, that is one of the greatest catches we've seen. Whether or not it means anything, we'll find out in the future beyond what this game had to offer anyways. But uh, I I was speechless, right? Like, Ryan, I don't know about you, but I did not expect to come out of this with an opportunity to win <clears throat> this game against Tom Brady. No. And you know what? This is a game where I saw the statistic. Tom Brady is 218 wins and zero losses when leading with a touchdown going into the final two minutes of a game. Yep. Go figure this is the crew. <laughs> and how often, think about how often it's the Browns on the other end. It's oh, yeah. those oh, kind of sure. stats. You know, just go back to the Jets game. You know, teams leading with whatever. 50 seconds or whatever it is that it was, you know, they're whatever it was like 225 and one or something. And right. you know, it's always the Browns who are on that. The Browns are that team that always makes you see something you wish you could unsee, but finally they did it to another team. Oh, you for know. sure. It was it, as soon as they got into the red zone and it was fourth and 10, the cynical Browns fan in me was just like, what, what kind of stupid play call are they going to put out right now? That's going to look terrible. And we're all going to be like, I cannot believe they called that. And then he catches it and I jump out of my seat and I was just like in complete shock. I was like, did this really just happen? They just won this game. Like, are you kidding me right now? So. And, and we knew going into this game, you know, for the past three weeks, it's been like, all right, we, we need two out of these three wins. We lose two in a row. And then we're like, all right, like we, we do have a chance if we just win this game. And as improbable as it, as it was, we did come out of this one with a W. Uh, credit to the rally skunk or whatever <laughs> you want to give it credit to. Uh, it, it it was awesome and we won. But, uh, you know, this, this game makes this season the most Browns season ever. And if you're a Browns fan, you understand this. I, I know we have Tampa Bay fans watching. Uh, based on some of the comments we're getting on social media. But, um, you know, it would be really easy to come away from this game with a loss and look towards next year and win the offseason and say, Deshaun Watson's coming back. This is practice from here on out. This is preseason. This is practice. Let's 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 figure this out. See if we can get the defense on track. Address the needs in the offseason. We'll win the offseason and we'll have all this hype into you know going into the following year. And the Browns come out and they give us hope. And this hope is just man, it is the best worst thing ever, right? So we still have playoff chances 
a lie. Mm-hmm. Tom, mm-hmm. they showed the graphic. Real, mathematically, we have playoff chances alive. Tom, how real are these playoff chances? I think you know. You look at the the the. the you look at the next six games. There's not a game on there that's not winnable. That doesn't, you know, it's still the Browns. So you still have to, you you still have to preface it. I know it's the Browns, but you know, there's not an unwinnable game on there. The biggest hurdle that they have is they they just they're losing tiebreakers left and right against these other AFC teams. So really, their only path is to win the division. And to do that, they're going to need Baltimore to stumble a couple more times the way they did last week against Jacksonville. You know, um, Cincinnati's got a few hard games, um, you know, so they could, the Browns could pass them up if they close out. You know, it's so bizarre to think, oh, well, they can, you know, they have to close out the season on a seven game winning streak. There's no way they can do that. Well, maybe they can. You know, the offense gets, um, the offense gets a lot better. The schedule gets a lot easier easier they just have to take care of those division games you go five and one in the division you end up ten and seven you just have to hope that like i said baltimore's got to stumble a couple of times and they don't have very too many games left um where you would expect them to stumble but who would have thought they would have lost to jacksonville last week but it all starts with when you know the browns got to take care of business and that that starts, you know, this week. That's next week. We're with a sweep of the Bengals. They got it. You know, thankfully they have the Ravens at home, not in Baltimore for that second game. And then, you know, the Saints, Washington, and Pittsburgh that close out the season. It's it's certainly doable. If nothing else, if they can stack a few wins here, it makes those last two home games so much more bearable. Because the one thing, if they'd lost on if they'd lost this last weekend, I was thinking about, you know. That last home game, Christmas Eve, you know, the Saints, nobody really wants to go watch the Saints play. And nobody's, and if the Browns are, you know, four and whatever at that point, there's going to be 20,000 people in the stadium and it's just going to look bleak. But at least now, you know, we got one more week of hope. So just keep that hope going, you know, week to week and let's see what happens. Yeah, it it remains to be seen whether or not we're going to get another week of hope following this. And that's going to be the common theme theme that's going to be recurring through the rest of the season. If we continue winning is it's one more week of hope in must win games and things like that. And, you know, when you look at the division, the Pittsburgh Steelers got a win last night, Monday night football. If you're if you're listening to the replay on Wednesday, this was recorded Tuesday night and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh got the win over Indianapolis. Some attributed that to bad clock management by Jeff Saturday, interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, The Ravens have their own stuff to deal with after, after this past week, you know, Lamar Jackson got himself in trouble on social media uh, uh, following that, that loss. Um, So, you know, that was interesting. Oh, this this division is not there's no clear cut winner. There is a path for almost every team in this division. Um, Let's backtrack, though, real quick before we get into the direction and all that. Jacoby Brissett, 23 of 37, 210 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception in this game. Nick Chubb, 26 carries, one touchdown, 116 yards. We are undefeated when Nick Chubb has 20 plus carries and he is over a thousand yards for the year. Kareem Hunt, only five carries for 15 yards. That is three yards per carry for anybody that's counting. Um, he was the fourth 
leading rusher. Uh, Amari Cooper, seven receptions on 12 targets, 94 yards. David Njoku, five receptions on seven targets, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Um, You know, Amari catches that third down ball, and he's over 100 yards again. Mm -hmm. That was an uncharacteristic drop. Yeah, for sure. From Amari Cooper. He recovered. Yep. Right. That that was another one of those moments where it's just like, okay, yeah, you know, it's just not their day. This yeah. is when he drop when he drops a pass like that. You know, there are other players on the team that it doesn't surprise you when that happens. But when that one, it was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I got to say this about Jacoby Brissett. And uh, I've been one of Jacoby. I'm going to I'm going to do this just because, you know, if we decide to chop this up, I want I want to be clear. Uh, <laughs> I don't ask to be the center of attention very often, but here we go. Jacoby Brissett, I have been one of his biggest critics. Ryan, would you agree? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like Ryan's like, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> By far, you are one of his biggest, biggest critics. It's unfair. Jacoby Brissett overachieved and outperformed any expectation that I had for him this season. We went through these first 11 games. And while it doesn't reflect in the win wins and losses, Jacoby Brissett played as well as anybody could expect him to play. He finishes out this 11-game stretch with an argument that statistically he is a top-10 quarterback in the NFL through these first 11 games. Do I believe that that's who he is long-term? You know, is there a quarterback controversy, things like that? No, not really. But listen, Jacoby Brissett, did everything anybody asked him to and more. Uh, if you were expecting more out of Joby, Jacoby Brissett, you are delusional. And this this is literally like the, the best way it could have happened. And he goes out with a win. This was like his Super Bowl. He was quoting Tom Brady, you know, uh, <laughs> after this game, this was such a way for him to go out. And I think everybody is Browns fans will agree that he goes out as one of the more likable quarterbacks that the Browns have ever had. And, uh, you know, it's tough not to root for the guy. I've been, even though I'm a critic, I've rooted for the guy. And it is very satisfying to see him go out on top. Uh, There are other reasons that these 11 games where he has been tasked with leading this team on offense you know, there are other reasons why these didn't translate into wins. And uh, that's something we all need to understand. So I put myself on the big screen. Ryan, I'm sure you understand why. Because these are all things that I've been, you know, this was long overdue. I told you I would evaluate Jacoby Brissett objectively after he completes his tenure as the Browns starting quarterback. Would you believe that A, everything I said is fair, and B, uh, that that he did everything he was asked to and more. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he he had us in position to win many games. You know, like you said, there were other factors in most of the games, and it didn't reflect appropriately into the wins and loss column. But I mean, the guy was, um, you know, he was lights out at times, and he he was very very good for us. And you know, it's it was awesome to watch because it couldn't have been a better story for him. Could have been a better story for the situation that we found ourselves in. Um, so just the, 
to see him succeed was nice because he is, he is a likable guy and he's, he's a really good person. Um, that seems like, and you know, it, it was just, it was cool to see him go out like that for sure. Tom yeah. comments on Jacoby Brissett's tenure is the Browns. Yeah. A couple of thoughts. Um, before the season started, we did a, um, a group story over at uh, Dogs by Nature predicting the Browns record. I was mocked by saying the Browns were going to be seven and four with Jacoby, but the defense doesn't collapse against the Jets. The defense doesn't let the Falcons run just unchecked all over them. The defense doesn't let the Chargers run all check over them. And guess what? They're seven and four, and I'm sitting pretty right now. Yeah. So I'm just going to put that out there, you know, for the for the record. But you know, he's the kind of player at. I've been a I've been a Browns fan probably far too long to, for you know it's probably it's probably unhealthy how long I've been a fan. And <laughs> really, you know, there are guys that are really good. There are guys that are getting by on less skill. Um, you know, and all I really want is to see I, you know, as a fan, if they go out and they just give the effort and just give the best you have, that's really all you can ask for as a fan. And I think Jacoby checked that box for sure. You know, he went out there, he did the best he could do. He's limited. The whole league knows he's limited, but you know, they had that offense rolling. Stefanski had that offense rolling at 25 points a game, you know, for a long time with a guy who's a career backup quarterback. And that's, you know, um, got, got, got a lot of hope for the, for the future. And one other thing that just fell out of my head that you were talking about, shoot. Um, but yes, very pro Jacoby love everything he did. Oh, that's what I was going to do. I was going to throw a question out to you guys. So now yeah. that we know what he is and what he can do in this offense, do you approach him to bring him back to be Watson's backup for the next two years? All right. Knowing that you probably can't afford it, but you know what you have and it's a great protection. You read my mind in a way because I was, I was about to ask what is Jacoby's role in the NFL following this season? So in my mind, yes, you do whatever you can within reason to bring Jacoby back to be the backup to Deshaun Watson. Now, nobody knows when an injury is going to happen or how that happens, but you want a guy like Jacoby to be your backup quarterback. Has Jacoby Brissett done enough to earn a starting job in the NFL? I don't know. I think we've seen a ceiling. I think we've gotten as much production out of him as we can. Uh, I don't know that there's much room to go up from where we, I think I literally think this is like the best case scenario, Jacoby, right? Like we mm -hmm. got the most out of him, Ryan, maybe you'll disagree. Uh, I'll give you a chance to answer this, but yes, you do absolutely everything you can within reason to bring him back. Now, if somebody wants to come in and swoop in and give him a Terod Taylor contract like the Bills did uh, and give him a bunch of guaranteed money and pay him $50 million and this and that and the other, like you have to let him walk at that point. Exactly. But within reason, if nobody else is looking at him as a starting quarterback, and I don't think that they will necessarily, yes, you do everything within reason to bring him back. Ryan? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I'm more than willing to give him a couple extra million to keep him around if, if that's what it takes. You know, uh, he's everything that you want in a backup quarterback. He's mature. He's a good leader. He's 
Um, you know, he's cerebral. He's going to know the plays. He's going to run the offense the way that you need him to, um, you know, but he is limited. Like Tom said, you know, it's, but most backup quarterbacks in the league are backup quarterbacks because they're limited in some way or another. So, I mean, he's not over the hill. He's not a, you know, a washed up backup that's, you know, can't throw the ball downfield anymore. So, I mean, I'm definitely for bringing him back if they can get him back. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see a couple middle of the road teams calling him to see if some interest in bringing him in as a starter. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, like Tom said, he was seven and four if the defense helps him out in a couple of games. So, I mean, that's not terrible middle of the pack NFL, right? I mean, he, there's some teams out there that have quarterbacks that are probably worse than him starting right now. So there's a lot of teams that need quarterback <laughs> help. Yeah. This, I mean, for it's, sure. It definitely this could be, be one of, this could be one of the best worst times though, to be in this position because you have one of the deepest NFL drafts uh, that, you know, in recent history right now coming right to us like it's not that far away we're going to be talking draft soon and uh you know that could affect where he lands with that being said not all of these quarterbacks coming out in this draft are ready to hit the field running and start day one he could be a bridge quarterback but i think that what we have to be careful with is as good as he was like i said this is likely where his ceiling is you know if he if he were to exceed that and become a starting quarterback, great, great for him. Like I I never root against anybody by all means, right. be that guy. But you know, chances are he's going to be a bridge quarterback or or back up somebody. So mm -hmm. if he doesn't see a more attractive option, then it's it's very real that we could listen. We already have two hundred thirty million guaranteed or whatever wrapped up in our starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. why would you not pay a little bit extra to have somebody like Brissett? You know, even if it's above market value, you pay somebody a little bit extra mm -hmm. to back up your 230 million guaranteed quarterback. Right. Because that is, all right, this is the first week we're going to get to see Deshaun and we're going to get into it, but this is the biggest investment ever made in the NFL in one single player you better have insurance. Jacoby Brissett's the guy. For sure. In my opinion. Yep. Right. Because you don't, you know, you don't want to have, you know, the first quarter of a game, you know, your quarterback go out with a concussion and then you're, you're trotting Kellen Mond or, you know, <laughs> Josh Dobbs out there. And it's just like a oh, crud, but you know, there's, there's only so much money to go around, but that's, that's why I just wonder. And, you know, Brissett, Nobody is going to begrudge him if he goes somewhere because somebody, you know, he gets somebody to give him a, a big payday because this is probably the last best opportunity he has to get some sort of a payday. But all things considered, you know, there are ways that maybe the Browns could, you know, go test the market and, you know, you got this, but maybe we'll give you, you know, that second year that another team might not. You might get a little bit less money, but you're going to get a little more guarantee and you're not going to have to move, you know, every year, which is going to get exhausting. You know, maybe you can put down roots for a couple of years. And like we've, we've talked about, we have now, the team now has that protection if something happens, because you just don't want, especially now with the way the concu concussions are, it's not that, you know, you get a concussion and you could easily be missing, you know, a couple of games. Right. You know, and the, you know, you hit the, you hit those two or three games at the wrong time and your whole season's derailed. Agreed. So the Brissett era is over and 
this is such an interesting week and we could probably talk for three hours about what we're about to talk about. And that is Deshaun Watson comes back. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Like it's the moment everybody's been waiting for the results up to this point, the speculation, you know, all those things, it's all over. We know where we're at. We're at four and seven. We're going to Houston. Deshaun Watson, you know, because apparently the NFL schedulers have the crystal ball, uh, is opening this season against the Houston Texans in Houston this week. And uh, it's a dismal Houston team. But, but, uh, I, I don't know that this game is a layup. Now, initially I was like, let's see what Vegas says. Vegas will kind of set us straight, take the emotion out of it. Browns are seven point favorites going into this. It's not going to be a high scoring game. According to Vegas, the over unders at like 46 and a half. Um, we're already seeing 40 of those. (laughs) The, the, uh, the stories are already coming out. This is being recorded on Tuesday. And we already have the stories saying, Tony Busby got a suite from, from Houston. 10 of his accusers are going to come and watch this game. You know, I don't know if any of that matters, but here's what, here's what we have right in front of us. We have a top 10 quarterback who was lighting the world on fire. The last time he stepped on an NFL field, he was arguably a top three or top five quarterback. The last time he was playing. You know, it's 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 tough being two years removed from the game to jump back in and pick up where you left off. And that's why I say he's a he's a top 10 ish quarterback. We don't know what to expect. Um, Ryan, what do we expect? Oh, man, it's a tough one. It's so hard because you don't know how his body's going to react. You don't know how he's going to react to the situation. I mean, there's going to be. It's going to be a lot of emotion in this game for him, I can imagine. You know, uh, going back to Houston, um, the stories that are out there, uh, he's got to kind of, you know, put the blinders on and, and just kind of go to work. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be some growing pains. I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, drives that don't look that great. Uh, but he is just insanely talented. He is too talented for that to last in the long term. He's young. Um I just think that this offense is going to be dynamic in the long run. Sure. There will be some growing pains, but uh, you know, this should be a perfect game for him to come in and kind of just try to get into the flow of things. They're coming off of a unexpected win against a really good football team. They're going to be riding a high um, and coming in against a team. That's not necessarily one of the best in the league, obviously, but you know, it's any given Sunday teams can beat you. It is the NFL. So um, you know, there's that, potential for a loss there's potential for a Browns loss any given week but um I I'm excited for it I think he's I think he's gonna probably have some moments of bad but he's gonna have some moments of like oh that's why we went out and got this guy Tom before mm-hmm. before I get you on this you know I, I want to throw something in here and uh you know I was talking to Jared Jared Mueller and I actually I think it was on the show like our conversations are getting a little diluted but Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it on this show that Jared said that Deshaun Watson doesn't deal with pressure? Great. I don't remember, to be honest. Okay, with you. so so here's 
Jared pointed out something, and, and I, I'm pretty sure it was on one of our previous episodes Episodes when, when Jared was on. He's like, listen, I was a huge fan of Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson, but here's one of the things. When he started getting pressure and he started feeling the pressure, he cracked, and it wasn't the best thing for him. How much pressure, how much more pressure could be on somebody than to go to their former team in their house in front of their accusers, as bad as they are, as much as a layup as, as this should be, and just light the world on fire after not stepping on the field for two years? Because there's a there's a lot of things here, right? Like he's had all the mental reps he could ask for, right? He's had more than enough time to take every mental rep that he would ever need. He's going to be playing in front of his, conf- his accusers. That is added pressure. He's going to be playing against his former team. That is added, added pressure. This was his home field. The only thing he knows in the NFL up until this point, that is added pressure. Tom, will the pressure be too much for Deshaun Watson? No, I mean, the dude went out and beat Alabama. And and if you can do that in the title game, the way they did it, they'll be fine. It was an extremely good Alabama team too. So, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Nick Saban is, is the man. <laughs> Kent State shout out. So, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, to me, I think you could not pick a better game for him to come back to, to get, you know, after not playing for almost two years, you're talking about a team that is giving up, the Texans, only the Packers are giving up more rush yards, and it's only by two rush yards over the over. You know they're giving up almost five yards of carry. They're giving up fifteen rushing touchdowns on defense. This is the perfect game to get him fifteen passes, twenty passes, start shaking off the rust. Give Nick Chubb a heavy dose. Whoever you got to do, get a comfy win, get back into the groove, and then the next two weeks, that's when it's really going to hit the fan when you're going down to the Bengals and, the, and going down to Cincinnati is not a, it's not a rough, that's not a rough road game. I mean, the Bengals, the, the Bengal fans don't even want to go watch the Bengals. It's not like they're going to cause an issue. And then you get Baltimore at home. So, you know, they're not, he's not coming back into, you know, into the fire so much on the field, everything else. Um, the off the field stuff is the off the field stuff uh, where I'm, you know, we're it's, it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, touch that. that horse. And, you know, talking about pressure, you know, pressure, when you first saw pressure, I thought, well, it's pressure, you know, the defense is giving him pressure. So, you know, I did a quick uh, Google search and I found um, back in 2019, which is, you know, a little while ago, um, he actually did pretty, he actually does pretty well, if I'm reading this correctly. Um, but I probably, sometimes the math trips me up, so I won't, I won't go too far. But the headline says that Deshaun Watson with and without pressure, this is good. So I'm going to take that to mean it's a positive that he can handle, you know, getting pressure. And he's probably never played with an offensive. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's never played behind an offensive line as good as the Browns. As far as I can remember the Texans, it seems like he was always running for his life. So that's going to be a nice change for him. Not have to, you know, not have to worry about that as long as, um, you know, they can get tightened up here because they have gotten a little bit sloppy, especially last week. Just a little. Just, just a little. Just a little. <laughs> just a, um, we're, we're trying to stay positive. Yeah. You know, you know, it's it's one of those things too, like where teams and one of you two alluded to this earlier, like teams know that 
that Jacoby Brissett goes so far. And beyond that, you can prepare for other things, right? There's bigger, bigger problems that you have to worry about. Nick Chubb, uh, you, you, you know, things like that. I think that the, I think that the biggest thing that's going to benefit our opposite offense is making, you know, if teams respect Deshaun Watson from a mobility standpoint, it's really going to open things up for the run game. And while I don't. I don't I don't know for sure at this point whether or not they're going to view him as the number one weapon in this offense. But regardless, they're going to re- they're going to have to respect him mm-hmm. in in some regard, which should take some of the pressure off of Nick Chubb. In a perfect world, Nick Chubb should be the second focus of the defense, and if that happens, it's it's lights out. If anybody and, treats Nick Chubb as the second most dangerous person on this offense, it's lights out, in my opinion. And here's the thing, too. You know, I know um, people, for some reason, want to dump on Stefanski all the time. But you watch these games, and there are guys wide open all the time. I'm going to go out on a very short limb here and say I am very, very confident that at the most basic skill level Deshaun Watson has is see the open guy, hit the open guy. He can do that. So, and there's going to be open players out there running free in the secondary. And I I have full faith that he can, at at the very bare minimum, he can do that. Right. And and that's the thing that's exciting about him. And that's, there's, there's a, a different element that he brings to the offense where Jacoby's limited with his legs he he's going to take a sack because he's more likely to get stuck in the pocket than mm-hmm. Deshaun is going to be right. Deshaun is extremely good at making one or two moves, getting himself out of danger and making a throw or making, you know, or making the throw on the run or making a play happen with his legs. So he's, he's a completely different dynamic and that's where it becomes dangerous for other teams because, you know, when you can't keep a guy in the pocket like that, you have to, focus on that when you game plan like that's that's got to be your focus if you know that naturally he can squeak out of the pocket you have to be focused on trying to keep him in the pocket for pretty much the entire game so that takes away some of the things that you like to do on defense as you know as far as pressure goes or blitzing or stunts because if you're more concerned about the edge of the pocket and him getting loose on a run on the outside and getting 10 15 20 yards on a play that should have been a throw then you know you're a little bit less likely to be set in the house on a blitz like you would on somebody like Jacoby, who you know doesn't quite have that athletic ability to get himself out of danger in the way that Deshaun does. So, I mean, it's a completely different element to this offense now, and it's going to be really, really exciting to see how Kevin Stefanski uh, can can incorporate his skill set. Exactly, and I guess probably the one thing that I would say maybe I'm concerned about for Sunday is him maybe trying to do a little too much, you know, he, the, the moment becoming a little bit more, you know, the excitement taking him over and just, just, just play within the game. Just get right. this first game in the books, the Browns. I, I know it's hard to say that they shouldn't break a sweat again, but if there's any team that not that they can just show up and win, but they should be able to pull out a win against, you know, this Houston team without, you know, having to go down to the wire, but you know, if he goes out and he starts trying to do too much and all of a sudden, you know, he's got three turnovers by halftime and you know, the wheels are starting to fall off. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh crud, 
but right. you know just just stay in the moment and just you know take what's there get back into a groove and then because you're going to you're going to need to be able to get out there and and you know rip it and let loose next week um against Cincinnati because that one's probably going to be you know that one's got a lot of potential to be one of those you know 40 plus games on both that you're going to need to score yep so all right we have we're about 40 minutes in we're going to forego the quote-unquote overtime show because we haven't landed on a, an exact name for the show where uh, our viewers can join. This is too good of a conversation. This is all going to be audio only. Um, we have Tom Moore here, Dogs by Nature, uh, along with myself and Ryan. Um, let's get into it. I'm going to ask you guys just a couple questions. We'll give our predictions, and then we'll close out the show. Um, what is the biggest threat to the Browns in this game to where the tables could be turned. Uh, Tom, I'm going to start with you and then we're going to go to Ryan. Oh, crud. Um, the de- you know, the defense goes out and lays an egg. They, you know, they come out and that's the one thing I don't, you know, does this team, it seems sometimes like they get a little ahead of themselves sometimes, you know, they, it sounds really weird, but they're still, you thought they got over that hump two years ago where they figured out how to win, but everything kind of fell apart since then. And they've come, they've bounced back. So I think it's just that it's not overconfidence, but it's a little, just getting a little too full of yourself, getting a little too big. Okay. We turned the season around last week against Tampa. All we got to do is go out there and do our, and and do our thing. And if, if they go out there and play their game, they'll be fine. But you know, we can't be having guys running wide open. They can't be out there, you know, just, you know, scoring in that on that opening drive and then not scoring again until the end of the fourth quarter. It's, you know, it's it's really just a lot of that. Just not getting ahead of yourself, if that makes sense. All right. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Tom. I think it's the defense. You know, it's the inconsistency that we've been talking about all season. We just don't know what we're getting every week when it comes to the defense. And the Texans are a capable running football team. Uh, Damian Pierce is a really good young running back. Um, so obviously it's, you know, stopping the run. Can they stop the run um, so that this, the pass game doesn't open up? Um, and, you know, when the Browns are able to stop the run, their defense operates much better. So, I mean, that's probably said with 99% of the teams in the NFL, but it's when they can stop the run, they're able to do much, much more with their defensive schemes. So I would say, obviously I'm with Tom on this. It's gotta be the defense. That's the biggest story of the season so far is the consistency of the defense and whether or not they show up in a game. So, you know, do they have the pride to ride the high into this game and realize that this is a game that 99% of the people out there in the NFL community are going to say, you should win this game handedly. Um, You know, that's yet to be seen because we don't know. So they, they've got to, they've got to show up. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go along those lines. And I think the big difference maker is Damian Pierce. Right. And uh, we have been very poor against the run, especially on the road. And, and Damian Pierce is very capable and he's better than some running backs who have absolutely <laughs> annihilated us. You know, you look at the Miami game, right? Like, that running game should not have been able to uh, put up the kind of production that they did. And uh, Damian Pierce is going to be the key to the Texans offense. But the other X factor here is they are not starting their normal starting quarterback, Davis Mills. It's going to be Kyle Allen. 
Kyle Allen has shown flashes to where he can perform and make things happen. He's going to have a fire lit under him. He has something to prove. This is Davis Mills is not getting the start this week. It is his team. Uh, you know, we see sometimes these things light a fire under teams and, and boost uh, their potential a little bit. So, you know, we have to watch out for Kyle Allen. But Damian Pierce, like you guys said, Damian Pierce is the big one. Our defense, if they can contain Damian Pierce, I'm not that worried about who the other quarterback is, right? We had Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle shut them down. We forced them to, you know, we forced Miami to lean on Wilson and Mostert. How did that go? Mm-hmm. You know, we, who would have thought that we would have shut down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? It was more likely headed into that game that we would be able to control their running game. Damian Pierce is the key to the Houston Texans win. The X factor on our side is Deshaun Watson, obviously, right? Like, we don't know what kind of rust he has to shake off. We don't know how changing the quarterback is going to affect the momentum and the flow of this offense. Has Kevin Stefanski been calling plays with Jacoby Brissett in the game as if Watson would be in there? Does it change the tendencies, the scheme, things like that? We're about to find all this out. So, follow-up question. What do the Browns need to do to win this game? Especially on offense. What do we need to do? What, What can we expect? Tom, I'll let you go first on this one. What do they need to do? Uh, same thing they need to do every week. You know, don't turn the ball over. You know, don't stop making, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and just, you know, stack, you know, stack a couple of touchdowns. Drives with touchdowns. Don't, you know, um, give Kate York the week off. God, please give Kate York the week <laughs> off. Right. Um, okay. You know, oh. let let him or, or give him a couple of, you know, just let him kick, you know, three, four extra points and, uh work on his foot placement and, um, you know, get a little more chemistry with uh, Boja, the holder. And just, you know, just, yeah, just play, just play your game. It's there. It's the, the win is there if they, if they just want it and they just, you know, they just stay within themselves and, you know, give the ball to Chubb, win in doubt, give the ball to Nick Chubb and, you know, you rarely will go wrong, which is a nice security blanket for anybody to have on offense. Brian? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same recipe as it should have been the whole season. 20 carries with Nick Chubb, um, you know, and Kevin Stefanski has to put Deshaun Watson in a position to succeed. Don't put too much on his shoulders. Don't get too crazy with the offensive game plan in his first game back. Um, you know, put him in position to be successful with some easy high percentage throws. Um, you know, don't don't expect your offense to come out and look like a, you know, college air raid offense on his first game back, give him time to shake the rust, lean on what you're good at, which is the run game. Um, and you should easily out muscle this team. Um, so, you know, it's the same recipe as, as it's been, even when Deshaun wasn't in, give the ball to Chubb and, you know, stay within yourself and all will be well. You don't want, you don't want a deep pass to Cooper on the very first offensive play. Not on the very first, no. I would like to see a couple, but not on the very first. That would be uh, reminiscent of the Cincinnati-Cleveland uh, shootout 
I believe with Derek Anderson, where the first pass was, was that like a 98 yarder to, was that Braylon? Oh, Tom, uh, I think uh, I'd have to go back and take it. I'll go back and take a look if we got time. Was that a, yeah. a 50 or 60 something to 50 game? I don't know. Yeah, that was that a was high back scoring in 2007. game. Yeah, yeah. That, would, that would have been a Derek Anderson game, but I, mm-hmm. you, you know, look, um, I think that this is going to be very interesting because if Deshaun Watson has a very middle of the road game, everything will be calm amongst Browns fans. Right. But if he has, if he has just a killer game, like if he throws for three touchdowns and scores one on the ground and he's efficient and doesn't turn the ball over, people are going to be already talking about the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> uh, if he uh, doesn't throw a touchdown pass, but he throws two interceptions and doesn't have anything on the ground, the world's over, right? Like, I think that that the biggest thing for this game is just to come out with a win and get some building blocks. I, I I think that some people are going to make the mistake of overestimating what he's going to bring to the table, not having stepped foot on the field for two years. Tom, did, did you pull that up by chance? Yes, I did. And you're going to love this. Derek Anderson did not complete a pass until almost the end of the first quarter on the Browns. Oh, my God. Where are we here? One, two their fourth drive of the game oh. and then he hit the uh, short middle to kellen winslow for 19 yards oh man what year was that i know i'm not well miss- i mean it would it would that was the year that the game ended up 50 they won 51 45 it just he just didn't get a kraken for a while hmm. um, i i feel like i remember one of those games against the Bengals. first play mm-hmm. out came out oh 80, well that was 90 yard bomb well that was burnt that was bernie to reggie langhorn in um 86 or 87. Oh, see, you're so, talking about before I was born, Tom. Yeah. So, but you've seen the highlights, you, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, we're not talking about autogram hitting, uh, you know, Max Speedy here. So, right. <laughs> right. You know who I'm talking about. All right. So here we go. Let's close out the show. Over unders 46 and a half. Uh, Browns are seven point favorites. Let's get the over under and who you're picking, not against the spread, but just straight up who you're picking. Uh, Ryan, I'll go to you first. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they follow up. I think Deshaun starts off a little slow, um, but then he, you know, his second or third drive looks pretty decent. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a, a more of a conservative game plan for most of the game. I don't think Kevin's stupid enough to put him in a position where he's not going to be successful. Um, so I, I, I predict the Browns win. I'm not comfortable on a score in my head yet. Let me think about that a little bit longer, but um, I do think that they go, uh, on a two game win streak here and, and, and take a, a really good uh, momentum shift into Cincinnati. Tom thoughts. Uh, yeah. Brown's 24 seven. It's going to be a comfortable, you know, it doesn't always feel comfortable watching the Browns, but I think this is one of those Sundays where they're just going to slowly, you know, keep on stretching the lead out. And, you know, by the fourth quarter, it's just going to be all Chubb hunt, you know, for the fourth quarter, they're just going to have a couple, you know, a nice, easy, a nice, easy Sunday afternoon. So 24 seven. So that's the under, but they cover. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I am going to go Cleveland 21, uh, Houston 10. Uh, I'll give them 10 points. They're still going to cover. It's going to be the under for sure. Um, the under 
I'm not a gambling expert, but take that take that to the bank, in my opinion. Uh, if this becomes a shootout, I'm surprised. But, um, yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun's going to come out, and uh, he's going to have some success. I don't think it's going to be quite what everybody thinks. He's got some rust to shake off. And, uh, you know, hopefully he takes uh, some looks away from Nick Chubb and the Browns lean on the run game, and, and they stick with it, and they don't abandon it, don't try to get cute. Uh, spare me the gadgetry. Uh, let's keep building on the special teams improvements that we saw this past week with Jerome Ford uh, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, minus the the Cade York missed field goal, our special teams look better this past week. Uh, let's build on that. Um, the defense can't, can't take a step back. We have to keep pushing forward. Uh, this is going to be a three phases game. 21 to 10, that's my prediction. Ryan, do you have a score yet in your mind? 27 to 10, 27 to 10, <laughs> ah, man. All Just right. A little bit low, a little bit higher. So fortunately there is nothing on the line here. Uh, we have our reputations at stake uh, for one <laughs> oh, week and one week only. <laughs> I burned that uh, a long time ago. All right. <laughs> but uh, all right, Tom, uh, give me your social media handles, your plug for those listening uh, on sure, the just, uh, SB Nation of Vox Media Podcast Network via Dogs by Nature. Yeah, always um, hit up Dogs by Nature. And if you are so inclined, I can't promise anything, but if you want to go on Twitter, it's Tom underscore RedRight88 is the Twitter handle, which I probably should have put on my, on my little name tag there, but uh, such is life. <laughs> that is uh yeah definitely follow tom on twitter uh tom's one of my favorite follows we interact often uh ryan angelo uh is my co-host this is craig fountain ryan angelo cle you can find him on twitter uh and uh, you can find me on twitter at craig a fountain as always you can find uh uh man get get a hold of us on social media dm us comment on our posts uh you know interact with us we love it we absolutely love it by all means tune in every tuesday at 9 p.m eastern unless ryan is sick and, <laughs> and then we'll reschedule uh and uh we will have special guests we will talk browns and uh we will have an awesome time we are going to forego the overtime portion of our show this is it for tonight uh again this is craig fountain and ryan angelo ryan any parting words go browns go browns until next week, we will we will be back next Tuesday to recap the Cleveland Browns versus Houston Texans. I have a feeling it'll be a good one. No matter what. Yes. Absolutely. No matter what. No matter what. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, go Browns. Go Browns. Thank you.